0: Special hotness deliveries. Uh, Matt, Hello? are you
1: are you there? Hello. Are uh, you back? Is it is it me? It's you. Is it me? Am I on the air? Go go ahead, caller. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm I'm sorry, first time summer podcaster. I uh... first
0: first time lackadaisical podcaster.
1: <laughs> I am back.
0: Yes, it is good to be back with you, Jody. You sound you sound good. It's good to hear your voice.
1: Um, yeah, we got. Uh, it's been a while. We got a lot of stuff to go over. We do. Um, Where do you want to start? Been a couple of weeks. Well, uh, I feel like we owe our listeners a, an apology for our summer respite. Um, I was traveling uh, the last two weeks. Last week we 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 talked about making an effort to to find a time, but there just wasn't a better time. So. Um, so sorry. Yeah, I, you had, know.
0: I had to talk you out of uh, hotel Wi-Fi uh, at one point, and that, I, I just, I, I really think that was that was for the best. It was a bad idea.
1: I'm sure you're right about that, but that, yeah, I have to, I have to say, there were some people there at the establishment who were very disappointed about that because they were uh, lo- looking forward to making background noises or something while we were. Yeah, recording. I know.
0: Um, I, I know, and and at at one point, it, it was before some of your travels, but. Uh, there was one week there, uh maybe two weeks ago where the canonical listener was ready to come over to my house and record a show. Uh yeah. you know, just sight unseen, just boom, into it.
1: Yeah, just knock on your door. That's what he told me. Yeah, I told him he should have done it. I mean I don't I don't know what you guys would have come up with, but I would've listened. Well I
0: wasn't home. That was the problem. Ah. I was like, dude, no, I'm
1: not
0: I'm not there. You can't record a show when I'm not there. That's not ideal. That's true.
1: Well, so at least you're trying regrets the variable production schedule. Um I guess we'll consider that our, our summer break. Okay. Uh, you All know right. I, I have certain annual pilgrimages to make, which I guess we're gonna talk about.
0: Yeah, that's on the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's out of the way. Um in terms of follow up, since it's been such a long time we got a, we got a lot to talk about. We got you know
0: Yeah, it's weird. We got a lot to talk about, but we don't have a whole lot of follow up. Hmm. Um
1: We've got some. Um, have you been running, Jody? I've been
0: running this week. Good. Huh? How Excellent. about it, everybody? Excellent. I've been running. I have run twice this week. Wow, um, good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm of I'm two minds about this. I don't feel like I'm in good shape. Mm-hmm. But when I tell people that I haven't been running or doing anything aerobic for, you know, a year or so... Mm-hmm. And i tell them that i i go out and uh you know run a five k just as a as a test a test uh deal mm-hmm. they they get mad no They're i like, like this
1: experience i knew like upset. You were going with that.
0: yeah uh so maybe uh, you got on one hand so yeah on one hand i'm lucky but i also i don't feel i don't know
1: i don't feel i still don't feel in shape how how are your t- how are your toes after these two rounds?
0: uh they were much better. Than the time that I ran with you, uh, what was that? A month ago? At this point? It <laughs> seems like it. Yeah. yeah so um, they have been better. I am. I am encouraged by that. Um, I was worried about that again.
1: You just cut the cut the front off of your running shoes and just go open toe.
0: Yeah, like uh, open toe shoeless Joe. Yeah, I'm all. They're all out there like a like a like a nice. hobo.
1: Nice, nice. <laughs> um. All right. Cool. Well, you, so your runs went well this week.
0: Uh, oddly enough, the uh, so I ran just today. Today over lunch I ran, and then I ran uh, Tuesday over lunch. Um, mm-hmm. I left myself a, a day of rest um, in the middle, and oddly enough, the uh, the first run back, the the Tuesday mm-hmm. run, went better than the run today. Um, that, I'm not sure is... what to think about that. It could have been hotter today. I don't. I don't really know.
1: That's that's very possible. And yeah, all this stuff it's ripe ground for confirmation bias and whatnot, but. Um, I have had that experience many times myself, Jody, where I've had a hiatus and then I've gone back. And my first run back, I feel like, huh, you know, not so bad. Not as bad as I expected, which maybe that's the key. Maybe it's all in your head and it's not as bad as you expected. And so you're relieved by that. But then your second run back when you're like, oh, yeah, Hmm. it's not as bad as I expected. You expect something better and it's terrible. Yeah, Yeah, a a
0: little bit of a hangover, running hangover. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience.
0: But today, today wasn't horrible. Um, I was a a little sore, and uh, it could have been a little hotter. I struggled a little bit more, but uh, yeah, it it wasn't you know bad enough to put me off of it. So hopefully, hopefully, I'm back on. Good,
1: good to hear. I, uh, you know, I had my, I had had Bonnaroo, which is a whole thing, and then last week at the beach, I I didn't run at all. Um, Oh, you didn't run on the beach. No, I know I was, I was supposed to go run. I don't know Saturday <laughs> morning with Sherry and Sasha, and that sounded like a great idea. At about I don't know nine o'clock the previous evening. Friday yeah, morning. they
0: they got up at what seven in the morning to go they, do that.
1: They got up at seven in the morning to go do that. Actually, I asked them to push it back an hour to seven, but um, wow, I, I actually woke up at four or five perhaps in my um. In the chair in which I had fallen asleep, okay. down by the pool, side by modern. the river. yeah. And I decided to go to bed instead of go running in two hours. So that that didn't work out. But um, right.
0: well, that's fair. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like running on the beach. I like the, yeah. the uneven surface. I feel like you know it's good for your tiny control muscles or what yeah. have you.
1: No, I, I I agree with you, and I think it would have been fun to run with the with the ladies. Uh, yeah, but they're like
0: they're like proper regular runners
1: like they you know. yeah but they don't run fast they don't run faster than me they run far but they don't run fast okay. well it takes um, all sorts yeah I mean I could have run with them for a mile and a half and then turned back if they wanted to keep going in one <laughs> direction but uh, but yeah that didn't happen so so this week because of the let's say magnitude of substance consumption over the previous two weeks this week has been my my clean week I uh hmm yeah even though it's summer i well, I have had a lot of work to do, so that's that's been part of it but yeah no no drinking and trying to go to bed and get up at a decent time and uh I ran i think the u p s man just put something heavy on my porch huh something heavy does it does that mean something fun? It is something fun i let's come back to this all right we we might need to talk about that I think I know what it is, so this week, I ran monday uh was decent. Um, I ran Tuesday. It was also decent, although I was getting a kind of nasty hot spot on the outside of my left foot. I'm not sure about that. Okay. Um, took, took Wednesday off. Today I went out. Um, I'm not sure I could call it a run. I think I would have to call it a trudge. A, tr- a trot? A trudging I for, trot? I went for a trudge today. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried to go four miles, and it was super hot. I went out at 3 o'clock. Um, it didn't go great. But um, you know all the miles were completed, just uh, really slowly.
0: So you made the distance, but I it didn't. wasn't pleasant. No. All right. Well, there's something to be said for that.
1: No. Uh, let's see. Talking of which, oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, are you still running? Are you still running quiet?
0: Absolutely. No, uh, no earbuds. Oh. Uh. Yeah. That's how you mean. Um. Yes. Absolutely. I. I've been. Concentrating very hard since since my uh, you know my first couple of runs back have been in the the deathly heat of yeah, that, central of central Florida summer. Um, I, I'm run, really concentrating on my breathing to try and keep it you know at, at a at a non sucking wind kind of pace at a conversational pace, and mm. I, I I've even been trying to keep it under my sweat threshold, which is a an interesting um, that's impossible in barometer the, of the day? to try and do. It, it's 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 doable. I mean, it, it's kind of it's a very involuntary thing, so you like you can't stop it once it starts. But uh, it's something to I don't know, pay attention to every once in a while.
1: I I guess, but I mean, I can. That's the beautiful thing about those few weeks. Well, it's, it's more than a few weeks. It's the beautiful thing about running in the cold in Florida is that it's not that friggin' cold, so you can still go out there and do it. You don't need special gear or a hat. You just you just go and you're cold for like four and a half minutes, and then you're fine.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we, we don't have to worry about, you know, wearing gloves or our toes falling off or something something like that. Um, and one of my favorite parts about running in the cold is the way the air will just rush into your lungs.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. How, how
0: dense the air can be, uh, and I know... I uh, run
1: so fast when it's cold. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> God forbid we have listeners from elsewhere in the country. I I don't even know, but they might not even have a clue as to how... Mm, sticky the air can get here, and and how uh, how hard it can be to breathe if you're really taxing yourself. So the-
1: today was today was that for me. It was um, it was it was taxing. It wasn't wasn't a good running day, but like I said, I got got the miles done. But you're still going headphones free, huh? Oh, I, I wanted to tell you the uh, my Tuesday run. I decided to reward myself because I hadn't I hadn't driven my hadn't ridden the motorcycle in a while. Um, okay. Since before Bonnaroo, the weather's been been poor, and I just have well, so had you're you're to allowed
0: to you're allowed to ride the the motorcycle on your cleansing week, right? Like that's not a oh, that's yeah. not a chemical you need to get rid of, is it?
1: No, no. Okay, I'm okay. okay. No, I'm 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 FDA approved for uh, motorcycle use. That's not off the, label. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Okay. I did wear shorts. Well, I decided to reward myself, and you should you should you're not supposed to wear shorts on a motorcycle. Well, of and not. For, for for really good reason. I mean, if you bring your knees in just a little. I'm I'm going to touch the the transmission on one side and the crankcase on the other so it's hot as, you know, you don't want it, you don't want that. But um <laughs> I put on my running gear and then my motorcycle jacket and helmet and I rode down to Bayshore and I parked the bike on a side street and it's going to have a Bayshore run. And um and I went ahead and did that, but I, to my extreme annoyance, my iPod my iPod is being cantankerous again. This is not the outdoor iPod. This is the 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 large one
0: okay all right so this was your good ipod you were planning you were planning on planting earphones in your head and listening to something other than yourself run
1: (laughs) yeah if i'm honest it was going to be back to work uh probably episode 119 or 120 um that's a good show such a good show 120 is a good one yeah yeah we can come back to that but it wouldn't run and i knew it had electricity uh but it wouldn't it would I had to do the hard startup thing and it would show the little austere apple for a minute and then it would go away and there's there nothing doing. Oh, I hate that. So I just had to hold it in its Ziploc bag with my keys and, and headphones wrapped around it in my hand and just go running. I mean, what am I going to do? Ride back home and you know go pout about it? I had to go run at that point.
0: You still ran so, with it in your hand? Oh, you're on the bike. You don't yeah. have a secure place to put it. Yeah. Oh. See, I
1: could have walked back to the bike and put it in the, the thing and it probably would have been fine, but. I didn't have I don't have a lock on my pelican boxes, so
0: Yeah, sure, it's not like a locked car.
1: Yeah, so I just ran with it. Well and but
0: how did how did it go? Is, and there were things it's, nice, I it's nice listening to your your own breathing and your own footfalls, right?
1: Yeah. Right, and I, the thing that I Hello?
0: I'm still here. You still there?
1: Yeah, but you you sounded all weird there for for a minute. Mm. Uh
0: The I, I guess I should tell the listeners right now. Uh, weirdly, it's storming at my house, but clear at your house.
1: Oh, it's nice over here. It's not. Even, it doesn't even look like Thursday weather.
0: We're not that far apart. Um, it's like yeah. crazy, like lightning striking right outside my house. Weather
1: that could have been lightning interference, literally.
0: It could have been. Who knows? Anyway, uh, the um, show must go yeah. on. Theater of the mind. Right. Go.
1: <laughs> so the the thing I liked about it was that I could sync my breathing with my footfalls, which I used to do as a matter of routine, but when I'm listening to, and I can still do, honestly, if I'm listening to podcasts, but if I'm listening to music, that's right out the window. So that was nice. And the other thing I liked was that I could hear, it was super crowded out on Bayshore. It was maybe uh, 5.30 or 6 when I got there, and it was just full of uh, joggers yeah, and fruit that... booters and bicyclists, but it, was, it wasn't, nobody ever impeded my progress. It wasn't a problem. Um, in fact, there was a lot of nice scenery, but there was, uh, the thing I liked was that I could hear how quiet my footfalls were compared to the other runners. Ah, that's good. I like it. And that was gratifying. Yeah. That was gratifying to me. That seems like it must be more efficient and easier on my structure and other, other runners, you know, you just hear that. Uh. K- k- k-
0: and I'm like,
1: that's gotta be terrible. Yeah. I mean, those,
0: <laughs> those are your vertebrae compressing, sir.
1: Well, it's either the, k- cause they, they drag that forefoot. When it lands, you know, which happens to me every, let's say, 300 steps when I'm running, because there's a little, you know, indentation or uphill in the pavement that I didn't quite expect. Sure. So every once in a while, I'll do that little scrape. Um, but the even worse one is when you hear that ka-flop, and you know that's yeah. a heel striker.
0: That's a heel striker in the midst of getting shin splints. That's what that is. <laughs>
1: exactly. There you go. So, so yeah, that that neither of those things happened to me. But what I really missed about it, though, was that I, I rely. I didn't. I mean I guess I, maybe I did, maybe I didn't realize how much I rely on my dingus to tell me how far I've run and how fast and how long I've been doing it. Well, that's interesting. Having having that information makes it easier for me to keep going. You know what I mean?
0: Alright. Well like that yeah, that can be that can be good. Uh usually where I where I run I I have good landmarks already, so I, I don't need a yeah. I don't need a robot to tell me how far I've gone. Um uh, but I, I could see it I could see it uh being disorienting.
1: A couple of summers ago, I had all the mileages on Bayshore. I was running on Bayshore daily, and I had them all worked out. And I knew how far it was from like the zebras to the second stoplight, and from the second stoplight to uh, Ballast Point Park, and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, I was doing some longer runs then. All right. But I had forgot I'd forgotten all that. All
0: right. Too much running.
1: So, I, too much running. I, well, I want to hear. Let me just. I want to hear
0: about Bonnaroo. One, one,
1: well, speaking of Bonnaroo and running, this is the segue I wanted to to use. And I rushed it. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um. The Okay, so at the start of this year, I set out for myself a little challenge. I declared that I would run in three places where it is extremely difficult to run.
0: This is the start of this calendar year?
1: The start of this calendar okay. year, that's correct. I called it the Impossible Triathlon. The first was that I needed to run on a camping trip. So on one of the boys' camping trips in Ocala, where we tend to, let's just say I, let me just speak for myself, I tend to fall asleep, let's say, around the fire at, you know, four in the morning. Okay. The next morning, when I woke up, I roused myself from my sleeping bag and I went and ran on the forest roads. So I did that. Okay. Did that well, early, it's, early in the it, year, it, like January.
0: Regardless of, of how you fall asleep on the camping trip, uh, I mean, this is like really uh soft sand trails that you're running on in parts can be in yeah. very sharp palmetto bushes
1: it's not good running territory really not a lot of shade for the for the most part no. some of those clay route roads are okay uh but they don't have shade the forest roads are have shade but they have the soft sand so yeah you're right it's not great and at any moment a jeep could come around the corner at at 30 miles or an hour
0: or you know a redneck on a four-wheeler going 40 miles an hour yeah you never know
1: that as well. So you know that's that's a tough run. That's a that's a tough morning to get up and and run. And plus, then you have to try to clean yourself in the forest afterwards, which it's a whole other thing that we're not going to talk about. So then the second leg, but I accomplished that in January. The second leg of the Impossible Triathlon was to run in New Orleans. Oh, I didn't I didn't really see that one coming. All right. So you know how we do New Orleans, or maybe you don't, but you could probably imagine. Well, it's um, how
0: most people do New Orleans. Yeah, like <laughs> that's correct. You know, there's lots of lots of stuff to
1: eat, lots of stuff to drink. I mean, it's New Orleans. That's what we do. We we eat and drink and listen to good music all day and all night. And then in the morning, it would, and it was quite cold because it was uh, quite early in the year. Um in the morning, I got up and I ran the streets of the quarter and I ran through Louis Armstrong Park and through Treme, then Treme neighborhood a little oh, bit. Interesting. And um in the morning, the streets of the quarter are they're they're, they're hosing them down. They're actively hosing well, at least Bourbon Street. They're actively hosting. Yeah, the sure. Into I've, the seen, gutters. I've seen, I've seen, I have
0: personal experience with some of the street sweeping that goes on there. Mm-hmm. It, it can be,
1: it can be very um, intense. Colorful. Yeah, colorful and intense yeah. and loud. Yes. So I, I, I pulled that off. And then the third leg of the Impossible Triathlon was to run at Bonnaroo.
0: Hmm.
1: I just want to back up a little bit here and zo- zoom out a bit.
0: Yeah. Bon- Bonnaroo for you is a, a a regular yearly
1: uh pilgrimage type thing, right? That's correct. How many bonaroo's? 7. Wow, okay. 7 bonaroos. I went first in 2006. I missed 2007 and then I've been to every one since. Okay. I... And have you ever gone running at Bonnaroo before? <laughs> never. <laughs> and in several previous years I have taken my running gear and said I was going to do it and it never oh, happened.
0: Oh, all right. So
1: and then the last couple of years, I just said, you know what? That's just dumb. You're not going to run at Bonnaroo. I mean, you're up till three in the morning, drinking your face off, dancing and partying, and then you you want to sleep as long as possible. And when you when the sun does get you out of your tent because it's 105 degrees in your tent, you're not in any condition to go run.
0: You're you're already covered in mud from the previous night. You know, <laughs> you have that hard candy shell already baked on. You don't you don't want to go right. running. That's ridiculous. Now
1: you're you, you, yeah, but every year, you know, I see the like the beautiful people of Bonnaroo up in the morning, you know, prancing around in their sports bras and and their running shorts and wow, and uh, and you know, putting the time in, uh, and I respect that. So you're
0: not alone. You're not alone in this. What, I'm I'm hearing, uh, oh gosh, the name of the band eludes me now. Beautiful people, the beautiful people. I promised myself I wasn't going to sing on the podcast anymore. <laughs> uh, never mind. No, I like that. it. I like that. that. Cut that out, Neil. I Cut that out.
1: That could be the roll-in. Um, so this year, Bonnaroo really helped me out with the Impossible Triathlon. Because honestly, a, a few weeks prior, I was really on the fence about whether I should, you know, even take my my kit. And Bonnaroo f- had their first ever organized 5K on Saturday morning.
0: Oh, you were kidding me.
1: No. They had the, bon- the first ever Roo run oh, my. On, on Saturday oh. morning. And by the time I – I didn't register right away because I didn't have my tickets yet. Um, by the time I knew I had my tickets, all the 500 registrations were sold out. But I was like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to go show up at the starting line and run with well, them. Well, sure. They're, they're How are those me. hippies going to stop you? Right. So I went so – so that's what I did. Now, let me, to put this in perspective, Friday night, um, Friday night at 2 a.m., Animal Collective played and that was one of my Bonnaroo highlights it was a, a my sister and i made a special effort an extreme amount of effort was required to, just to stay up for a 2 a.m. okay wait
0: your sister was there with you
1: oh that's, yeah this is her third it's a year family year event i
0: did not know that yeah uh, that's cool i yeah. like that
1: this is this is the 3rd year of the sister era uh yeah she she's been to three Bonnaroo's already which is already kind of crazy but we went to animal collective the night before at 2 she didn't last very long at the show, but I, I stayed till probably 3.30, um, and that show was nuts. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But then, then the next morning, I got up somehow, and and actually my sister got me up because the deal we made was if she stayed up for the – because she was trying to crash. If she stayed up for the Animal Collective show, she could get me up for the run because I was on the edge of, of pussy. Oh, out.
0: I see. A team effort.
1: But uh she got me up and I and I went, it was at nine in the morning, the sun was already brutal. Um and then they started late. I guess there were predictably a lot of the people who registered, you know, for whom it sounded like a great idea a month ago. Great idea. They did they weren't showing up. So the organizers were stalling and hoping more people would would sure. you know, drag themselves in, but eventually we started. And um my plan was to just run as slowly as possible so that i could say that i was running the whole time and i wouldn't die during the during the course but i started running and oh, there's almost no chance my my wife will get to minute 30 in the podcast so i'm just going to go ahead and tell the full story i started running and there was there was this girl nearby who was a solid 10 out of 10 just a 10 and she's in tiny little spandex shorts and a sports bra and well, there's she was spectacular everybody's got their
0: reasons there's nothing like the right
1: motivation at the right time exactly my point and so i i just i just stayed behind her i stayed about 10 feet behind her and her partner the entire run and uh and that was good enough you know there were water stations so i could splash myself and and we we got to the end, and she stops her watch and says to her, her partner, okay, so that was uh, 2310. <gasps> not bad. And I'm like, 2310? Holy Nice. <laughs> I haven't run a 5K that fast in, like, a couple of years. Wow. <laughs> so to to run it in that condition really highlights, I think, the importance of of motivation.
0: <laughs> well done.
1: The right kind of motivation.
0: <laughs> okay, so I, I know the listeners want to know um, – it's Bonnaroo, right? It's a it's a music right, right. festival. And now mm-hmm. we're t- we're taking the patrons of the music festival and we're putting them together and we're putting them through a 5K. How badly mm. did those hippies smell at the end?
1: Huh. I mean, you know at that point this was Saturday morning, so this is already 2 days in. I didn't know. Oh, you're notice. already
0: desensitized uh, now. Nah, never mind.
1: See, the listeners uh, wanted to know. I mean, yeah, Bonnaroo has a reputation for for smelly hippies, and for good reason. And they're definitely they're definitely there, but I feel like I think there was a survey done at the two thousand and twelve Bonnaroo, and roughly sixty percent of the attendants had attended a Bonnaroo before. And I think that after a couple of after one or two tries, you kind of figure out how to handle that, unless you're an actual dirty hippie, and there definitely are. Let's say, I don't know. Let's say twenty thousand of those. That's um, a, which sounds like a that's big a number, but that's it's a lot of hippies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, but this year there were ninety thousand patrons. They sold out this year. So it was a it was a big year for Bonnaroo. They haven't sold out in I think four or five years previous. So I don't know. Sign of the sign of the economic recovery, maybe. Huh. I don't know. Okay, so or or maybe just more unemployed people. I don't know.
0: So you ran. <laughs> Uh uh-huh. how how was the festival um what what was it like who did you see besides Animal Collective I know you're a big fan yeah
1: I I don't know every year here's the thing so what what's it like it's um first of all you're camping and you you asked in your notes why do I go and the first answer of course is is music and probably the second answer is that that when you're there it feels like you're part of at the time it feels really important and really special this really important and special community which is centered around music plus some other things that are pretty important to that community <laughs> okay. um, and and then there's then then there's the camping aspect, and you know I love to camp and get weird and 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 then I guess the 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 final thing is that i I view it as kind of a challenge, and I kind of so my seventh year. You know, I'm doing basically everything right. You know, and I take great pleasure in that. And I, not that I have Schadenfreude in enjoying people watching people not doing it right. In fact, quite the opposite. You know, we we as a community try to help out the people who are not doing it correctly. Um, whether what they need is is water or shade or um, you know a place to chill out for a minute, my little Bonaroo family, we try to try to help the surrounding community if they're over. Ex- extending okay. themselves all right well that's good of you but um you know it is it is there is a sense of challenge to it and it's a it's a four four days you get there thursday morning that's typically when we get in you leave monday uh, midday and you know it's it's four days and honestly if it, if it was five it would it would probably kill me you know, I've got it dialed in so that I'm maxed out at day four and a half. If it was, if there was a fifth day of music and weirdness, eh, that, you know, I would have to readjust. All right, my well, well, but that's cool. As I, a
0: good friend of ours says it's not your first barbecue; you, you've had time to dial it in.
1: That's right. That's right. And um, even my first year, I did a pretty good job because I had really good advice from somebody who had done it a couple of times. So. Uh, and I've refined my setup a lot of times since then. But, but anyway, highlights from this year, you know, because it, it is at least nominally about the music. Um, okay, so every year when the Bonnaroo lineup comes out, it's you always totally freak out. You, I mean me, but pretty much anybody who's into music, if they look at the Bonnaroo lineup of any given year, well, is gonna freak let's out. Let's be clear. I,
0: there was one year that that I freaked out. There was there was Radiohead and there was Cat Empire on the on the ticket one year mm-hmm. and. I got to admit I was really jealous of uh that year that you went.
1: Well, Cat Empire was on the ticket this year and Radiohead was there last year. <laughs> but the year you're talking about where they were both there is 2006. Um and you know, but the the lineup is is always fantastic. And when you first see it you think, you know, holy shit, I'm going to see these 200 amazing bands and that's of course that's a mistake. You're not going to well, see Well, nobody bands nobody can because, can be
0: well, all those places. Like it's a big it's a big thing with it, multiple stages yeah. and
1: right, right. There's uh there's there's two big stages which are open air no shade and then there's the three tents and then um, and those have shade of course and then there's um the three big tents and then there are a, a number of smaller venues um, where you know much less well known artists play. There's probably four other small four or five other small venues where where artists you likely haven't heard of are playing. Uh, but th- this year for me highlights were. Um, the National The National was really good. But they're one of my, my top five bands, so you know, I'm always gonna enjoy that show. But my sister went with me and we had really good well, uh, we had really good seats, we got really close and not seats, I mean we had a really good spot. Um and she enjoyed it, even though I had played her the recording and she didn't really dig it, but live they they were able to connect with her. Animal Collective, like I said, that was a super weird show. It was two in the morning, people were really aggressive they had a crazy on stage display and everybody packed in when they started playing everybody packed in so tight that there was like there's like a 5 minute period where my feet didn't touch the ground and i was just trying to stay in the moment and just go with it you know because i'm just being kind of carried around by the shoulders and then i you know after about an hour maybe an hour and a half i couldn't i couldn't hang anymore i had to bail on that one okay that sounds crazy and unpleasant yeah but you you just have to stay into it um When I started slipping out of it because I was getting so tired because it was you know past three in the morning that 's when I had to leave huh um, our friend Chris said I should have crowd surfed out of there because it was hell getting out of there he's absolutely right i don 't know why I didn't think yeah. of that. I was too I was too tired because people were crowd the high road constantly man. that's that was would have been the smart move um Bjork was a highlight this year Oh, are you killing me? Oh, she was awesome awesome and if you you know people are saying people have said that her Bonnaroo headdress Trump's even the swan costume. All right. Well,
0: I've never been a big fan of the swan of the swan dress, but I am a big fan of Bjork.
1: No, yes, I know you are, and you're gonna have to YouTube that later. Just type in Bonnaroo and Bjork, or Bjork and Bonnaroo, and um, and you'll find you'll find what you need to find. But she was excellent.
0: All right, that's going on the card.
1: Okay. Her um her stage show was really cool. She had just two two guys playing instruments, one playing, like, this really sophisticated synthesizer array, and one playing percussion, including, like, all percussion. one part it looked like he was playing barbecues, like, he might have been playing small Weber grills with his hands, I'm not sure. Huh. And then he had a, then he had a choir, or then she, that is, she had a choir of, let's call it 20 women singing and, you know, adding adding harmony and depth and also participating in the stage show running around and jumping and sometimes sitting down and it was really it was really interesting and the the images on the big screen behind were really crazy uh it, that was that was a really cool show um although if i'm honest I, that was saturday and i think uh, saturday i had well because of the run probably i i had overextended myself a little de- bit you were uh, delirious
0: s- because of the run
1: i got <laughs> to be I'm to be quite honest at the Bjork show we were out in the sun we had a pretty good spot but we were in the sun and I was about an hour in I was I was fading and I had to bail and go go to the chill out tent and uh crash out for like well let's just call it 3 hours I probably slept in a hammock in the shady area which um we're lucky my sister and I we're lucky because we have we have guest access which not most you know general admission patrons don't have access to this area with the shade and the hammocks and the you know so that was so I went and I saw oh, so there. so there's levels there's levels to the Bonnaroo I'm told by by my Bonnaroo connection I'm told that there are 19 levels that's a lot and we are on level two <laughs> of 19 level well, so you know at level 19 what somebody else runs the 5k for you oh definitely oh. I, I have a feeling Paul McCartney was level 19 he was. Um he was another highlight. Paul show was Oh, he was there, you saw Sir Paul. I did see Sir Paul. And and to be honest, months out before Bonnaroo, what I was what I was fond of saying was, you know, I'm not really into it. I think his new record is boring, which it is. And uh, you know, he's probably gonna play wing stuff, which, you know, I don't wanna hear and uh but I'm gonna go and pay my respects to Sir Paul because he's a he's a fing beetle. But Man, shame on me for not giving Sir Paul enough credit. Because shame on you. Shame on me. Because shame on you. he rocked so hard. I mean, he really, really rocked it. It was an outstanding show. It was outstanding. Okay. All right.
0: But did, he, did he play anything, anything from the Wings era, though? Yes, he Be did. Be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he totally did. He totally played stuff that I didn't want to hear, but, you know... He like he opened the show with eight days a week and, and you know, he played I, I think the last three songs were um, Let It Be, then Live and Let Die Back to the Wings era and then finally Hey Jude. And just and I don't know if you no, you're not a you're not a Facebookist, you're the last sane one. But the um I, I po- posted this picture, I could send it to you in the robot of the the shot a shot of the crowd from where from our vantage point we were up in the uh, level two stands uh, there were probably probably sixty thousand people at this show and the you know with the lights and the I mean it was it was an incredible experience so picture the sixty thousand people all chanting the na 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 you know I mean it was it was See, now you're singing on the podcast now I'm singing on the podcast we must never do this um <laughs> but it was it was incredible and then first and frankly the fireworks during live and let die seemed unsafe <laughs> like I mean, what, I mean they were
0: they were shooting them at level 16 were, like they directly were shooting,
1: they were shooting everywhere the fireworks were incredible it was it was an amazing show um yes yeah, so Paul really rocked it and being there and seeing him and You know, hearing his oh, and he told stories. He told all these great stories during the show. Well, that's
0: kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot of good stories.
1: Oh, damn, yeah. Um, so that was that was absolutely a highlight. Um, other ones I can rattle off would be Kendrick Lamar. He's a rapper that the kids like, but his show was really really good. Oh, uh, Trombone Shorty and New and Orleans Avenue, their show was really cool. I mean, Trombone Shorty, of course, is a New Orleans fixture. I'm not familiar with his work. Well, you can guess from his name what he does, sure. but he's a, you know, he's a band leader and a singer and and a really dynamic one. And his set with Orleans Avenue was really cool. It had some some hip hop flair, some like rock and roll flair, and definitely that New Orleans tinge. And it was it was neat to see that at Bonnaroo. Um Preservation Hall Jazz Band was there as well. Also a, a New Orleans fixture. Um Well, yeah. I mean, Preservation Hall has been there for how long? I would have to google that for you, but uh i'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna guess, but a long time don't do that long time, yeah, uh, but you know old old venue
0: so that's cool, so it's clear um to pretty much anybody listening that you're really into music, that's accurate okay i I think that you fetishize music hmm. a little bit, maybe more than a little bit,
1: yeah, you wrote that in the notes explain what you mean by that by fetishize. I think
0: that going somewhere like you've been, suffering physical discomfort, <laughs> the 5K aside, yeah, uh, that just was a, to a new
1: feature for 2013. Uh, yeah, sure.
0: Just to just to witness some music, mm-hmm. uh, I think is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that you probably spend a lot of money on uh, vinyl. And that yeah. sort of thing,
1: yeah, a little,
0: yeah. It's it's maybe it's not as bad as it used to be, but uh, that <laughs> that to me seems it, it seems like a little bit of a fetish. Hmm.
1: Well, what's the difference between a fetish and something that you you just like a lot? So just something that's important to you. I mean, wait, wait, does does fetish imply? I mean, fetish. I guess fetish doesn't necessarily imply that it's an un, an unhealthy obsession. Right? Fetishes can be healthy. I suppose. Uh no, I'm not I'm not trying to say
0: it's unhealthy. I'm just trying to say it's a bit out of the norm. A bit I, I overdrawn. Guess it is. I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure where I'm trying to go with that. But uh yeah, I wanna I wa- I wanna get inside your head. I wanna know why you're <laughs> so obsessed <laughs> with the music, man.
1: Well, I'm definitely in one of the tails of the bell curve. You're right. Not in the you know, not in one of the central standard deviations. But yeah, music is music is is hugely important to me. Um I'm not sure why exactly, but I I know I have a lot of early memories around music. You know, my parents aren't musicians or anything, they're psychologists. But um they did have a record collection and I remember as soon as my dad taught me how to use the, the player, I started working my way through now this isn't super early, this would have been after this would have been in the time where I was allowed to be alone at home after school. So okay. what is that what does that make me like I don't know Twelve at least, sure, I'm around there. there. Okay, so I started working my way through the uh, my my parents' uh, vinyl canon, and um, I found a lot of stuff in there that I that I really liked. And at the same time, of course, our corporate overlords at Clear Channel were were telling us what was cool uh, via Top 40 radio, and and knew all the words to all those songs too. Yeah, you know, and this- the FCC was raiding our favorite pirate radio station as well. Oh yeah, really bad. Forgot about that. That was a little later, but yeah, that was in the yeah back in the Temple Terrace days. But yeah, I don't know music. And I'm I'm kind of a lyrics guy. Like I I, uh, I mean the. <laughs> I, I think it, that it's simplistic. It's reductionist to break people down into either their their melody people or lyrics people or whatever.
0: All right. Well, I think it's clear to anybody who listens to this podcast that uh, that you're a fan of words. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm Saying you talk a lot,
1: Matt. Oh okay well a lot that that's fair neil neil told me the same thing yeah yeah so i'm kind of a lyrics guy and I, and i'll tell you here's this thing and you know what's funny is my sister and i on this on this particular trip realized that we're the same about this one weird thing that when there's a a thought or an emotion or a state of being or whatever that's just perfectly or not not necessarily perfectly, but very, very well encapsulated in a piece of music, you, you know, quality lyrics with, you know, something you can listen to behind them, um, it makes it makes both of us cry. And it doesn't even have to be something that connects with our lives. We're both the same in this regard. It's funny, We I didn't realize this about her, and she didn't know this about me, but we both do this. Like, I'll tear up just because, uh, a, you know, a musical narrative is really... Well constructed and really conveys a, a bit of emotion or a scene really beautifully that just that gets me every time and i huh. okay
0: well I, I do know you have a a very specific particular and uh, I, almost well photographs uh, i think the wrong term but you have a very good memory for for music uh and, and other things but you you can remember lyrics very very well.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't have to hear a song more than twice to know the lyrics. Typically, I don't know. It's um, it's pretty important to me, and live music especially. And I've been doing uh since I've been married. Not that I wanna, not that I'm blaming the institution of marriage or my wife, but I I haven't been going to as many shows. I still have been to Bonnaroo every year, but I haven't been going to as many shows. And um, the Tuesday before Bonnaroo, my wife and I shot over to Orlando for a show which is something I used to do all the time. Like once a month, I would go over to The Social or uh, or The Beacham or whatever to catch a show. To your point, I used to spend a lot more money on music than I do right now. But uh, we went over the Tuesday before Bonnaroo and caught the, the tallest man on earth. And let me tell you what, I was I was balling at that show because that man is a genius. And, you know. Put that on a card if you All haven't right. checked that tallest out yet. Tallest man on earth, I got it. Tallest man on earth. He was at Bonnaroo as well. i but... have got Bjork and the Tallest Man.
0: Um, that's good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I've learned to trust your recommendations. Well,
1: that's a good one if you can take if you can take it a little bit twangy. Twangy. What are, what are we talking bluegrass here? Not full not full on bluegrass, but he's got a kind of bluegrass. He's got the sort of voice that a bluegrass aficionado would appreciate, but it's definitely not. It's definitely not bluegrass music. It's he'd,
0: he'd fit in well in a bluegrass harmony. Is that what you're telling me?
1: Well, you know how you know when Dylan, like in 1965, when Dylan went electric and all the the folk the folkies booed him at the folk like festivals. Freaked out. St- yeah. So this guy is like that, except nobody cares about these these genre delineations anymore. Everybody's into it. So he's like electric Dylan. And I think and I I, I think that seeing the tallest man on earth today is. What it must have been like to see Dylan in '65, '66, '67. I mean, I think he's that. I think he's that good.
0: All right, I'll give it a listen. Cool. All right. So uh, you've uh, you've told me about your your Bonnaroo experience. It's the tip of the iceberg, my friend. Yeah, I know. I know there's much more. Um, <laughs> we're but we're we're, draw- we're already at minute fifty. Yeah, we're drawing on an hour right now. Mm-hmm. I um threw something into the notes which uh, I thought was just going to be for us but I think we should talk about. Um, I had a bit of a brainwave um, and realized that uh, I could look at old patent submission artwork or diagrams and I thought some of those might make good show art. And So I sent you links to a few of these and there are
1: you sent me 4 of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I I I love this idea, Jody. I'm so glad you thought of this. Um the 4 you sent me are great. I well, I I thought the iPod click wheel was was really good. My my first question though is still an important question. Are are you sure we're allowed to use this stuff?
0: Matt. What? Matt? What? These are patent submissions. So it's this for public use. These are public records by definition.
1: Okay, but just let me... That's let the me...
0: purpose of the patent system.
1: And okay, well... This, nom- is, what, this nominally- is a whole thing for me. <laughs> Here we go. Nominally, that is the purpose of the patent system to... Well, actually, that's not the purpose of the patent system, but anyway, we'll no, come back is. to that. No, it
0: is. It is the purpose. <laughs>
1: but the... My, my question is, you know, let's face it, this podcast is destined to become a pretty big money-making machine. Huge. And Yeah, and when... You know, if we're making a bunch of money off of uh, Apple California's uh, click wheel diagram, I have a feeling that they might might want a slice of that.
0: All right, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. If you get a patent, mm-hmm. you get a government-sanctioned monopoly mm-hmm. for what is it? Seven years? Fourteen years? I can't even remember.
1: I thought you were the expert. Ah, uh,
0: yeah, I'm the I'm the I'm the claim the claimed expert. But the whole point is that once that expires, it's public. That's the whole point. It was always public. It's meant mm-hmm. to put more stuff in the public domain, so and all to, like, of this speed
1: up the speed up the cycles of innovation.
0: yeah, so uh it's meant to reward innovators initially uh-huh. and then let people later stand on the shoulders of that innovator to yeah. innovate on other things
1: and give that innovator incentive to invent the next thing because now everybody's copying copying their last thing.
0: exactly and so your question of can i use can we use these images are you sure like that that just oh that sets me off on a whole thing like of course of course we can use these images i mean regardless okay. i will okay. i will trace over them in an open source software program to make different <laughs> representations of the public domain icons oh oh i can't
1: You're mm. not- you're getting on your open-source softbox. Yeah. Softbox? Yeah. Soapbox.
0: Yeah, I'll do it. Don't get me started. So box. Some kind of box. So anyway, let's, let's – let should we talk about these? Should we describe these? Some of them are kind of fun. Well,
1: some of them were fun. I, I I know which my favorite is. My second favorite is the dog toy. <laughs> I want you to talk – go ahead and talk about that.
0: The dog toy? Yeah. All right.
1: So uh, this is – I still have that one open in my tab. Yeah. Sorry.
0: This is a for-real patent. Somebody – Submitted, spent money, spent time, wrote up a United States patent, patent number six million three hundred sixty thousand six hundred ninety-three, March twenty-six, two thousand two. It's a an apparatus for use as a toy by an animal, <laughs> and it is a very detailed diagram. Of a stick. For
1: example, a dog. For example, for a, example a dog. For example, a dog. And the
0: example is a stick. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's a stick. There are... <laughs> it's clearly a yeah, stick. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, there's good cross-sections on the stick, you know? there's. Uh, oh,
1: it's very, it's very detailed. There are all these different features labeled.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For, and I just, parts I just thought that was hilarious. Oh, it's excellent. Uh, and and that's, when, that's when I realized I was onto something with these patent diagrams, because the sillier they got... I don't know. The more I was reminded of our show. I'm, I'm not sure what that says. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this kind of connected okay, with me. That's okay, Jody. That's okay. Yeah. This is how we help people. This is this is how we help people. Because, uh, you know, this, it, even this person who mm-hmm. thought it was a good idea to patent a stick, mm-hmm. at least they were trying. You know, they're looking out for the pet.
1: I'm not sure that that's accurate Um, I, because you – I know this is a hot-button issue for you, Jody, and I'm glad we finally found one. But you <laughs> you must be aware of the culture of patent trolls. Oh, abs- and what and what that means? Right? Absolutely,
0: I can I can point people at uh, some good NPR podcasts. Um,
1: well, yeah, like I I, I listened to a, a good one. It was from uh, the Planet Money folks recently.
0: That's a very good one.
1: My sister and I listened to that on the the drive up or the drive down from Bonnaroo.
0: There are two of those.
1: There are are there?
0: there yeah, I, I, there's a recent there's a recent one. That is a follow-up to one from maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago.
1: Oh no, that's the one I heard. But I think I heard the I think I heard the original one as well because it did seem a bit familiar. That it, it's about this this particular troll, who I think really deserves the moniker, um, who got a, a a ton of money out of Apple apparently because he claims he invented the podcast and the idea of distributing podcast-like material. Over the internet,
0: and and here's yeah, here's where I go off on a on a whole screen Go, because initially, and and this is why I have the just tiniest bit of uh, admiration for the guy who tried to patent the stick as a dog toy. That <laughs> at least it's a it's a it's a physical implementation. It, it's an actual realization oh. of an idea. You cannot.
1: Patent, that he could actually have in his hand. You
0: cannot patent an idea. That is not what it's for.
1: Well, that's what happens, Jody. Yeah,
0: well, I know. I'm a software engineer, Matt. I know exactly how it <laughs> how it happens, and it's terrible. <laughs> it used to be that you had to submit a physical working model, usually in miniature, to the patent the office dingus. to get a patent.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: And for some reason, I always picture this as a, a little catapult or a trebuchet. <laughs>
1: Uh, something you, you know, made popsicle sticks to uh shoot marshmallows, yeah,
0: something that flings something, something that throws something, and like you had to like ship this to the patent office to get a patent on your little flinger of marshmallows.
1: I like the way you said that. The point is, you had to ship,
0: yes, ship,
1: and uh, that
0: is the and now you can do this without shipping anything. Well, uh, that's the problem with these software patents and these process patents, is it, it, they're not patenting. An implementation—they're patenting an idea, which ideas are free. Ideas don't weigh anything. Ideas are nothing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is why, which is why, traditionally in the sort of inventor culture or the American—let's call it the American conception of inventor culture—it's traditionally been um, advised that you keep your your million-dollar ideas. You keep those really close to the close to the chest, and you wait until you have a model, and then you patent that sucker. But what's happening now is that, you know, like what you just what all all of what you just said is already outrageous. The idea that you could patent an idea without shipping a single thing, without having the the skills or the wherewithal to build or produce, or putting
0: forth the effort to produce anything,
1: or even the effort, right? Even if you you regardless of whether you have the skills or wherewithal, the effort's not required. You can patent the idea and then later come after companies who do produce something interesting. Uh, because they've infringed on your patent. That's obnoxious. But then there's a second layer to patent trolling, which is that there are these companies that buy up patents that they think might be interesting in the future. And they've never, these are companies that have never, they're like LLCs, that have never produced anything and don't intend to. They only exist to acquire interesting patents and then sue the actual producers of interesting and valuable goods in order to extract money from their revenue stream and divert it to these these blood sucking trolls. Wow, you have been paying attention. I'm impressed. No, I try.
0: You definitely you definitely listen to that Planet Money podcast. That's funny. It's a it's a weird mix of um yeah taking advantage of the patent system and a weird American ideal of property that these things mm-hmm. could even be bought and sold in the first place. Um, yeah, true. And
1: true that is a uh, bit a bit uh, odd.
0: something you you left out a bit is 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 these these companies that. Um, do this, um, that do this a lot, are all they just happen to be based in uh, a very specific place in East Texas where the courts oh. just happen to be friendly oh, to uh, yes, patent cases, right. to patent holders specifically. So, there are these businesses there that uh, there's a plaque on a door, but there's no employees. They've never made anything. Yeah. Uh, and there's no one there. They just happen to own some patents uh which at this point
1: it's really a f-ing law office in delaware that's doing the that's doing the running around on this deal well, or whatever
0: d- who knows
1: but they have an address in texas so that they can play in that jurisdiction rather than you know yeah yeah i forgot yeah that so wow. this is
0: way deeper into it than uh than i wanted to get uh, i i could do multiple episodes on this Ooh, and software patents oh my goodness
1: <sighs> yeah like i mean i have a there's there's the, the patent wars between the big technology companies like Samsung and Apple. Those make you know those make a, those make more sense in a in a way. I, I don't know how you feel about
0: that. I don't think they do. Uh, a lot of them no? are uh, a lot of the. Well, in the first place, they've been forced to buy up these patent portfolios. In the first place, yeah. There's really no reason they should be worried about it. And oh, yeah. many of these patents are very general. They're patents on rounded corners, or patents on one-click <laughs> buying. Patents
1: on ideas.
0: Uh, exa- yeah. Again, patents on ideas. Exactly. Um, I think mm-hmm. the best idea I've heard on software patents is the software patent needs to come with source code. It should be included, just like the diagram of the stick. <laughs> it should have. S- I'm still looking at no, it. No, right I'm looking now. at it's it too. Amazing. It's staring me right in the face. You know, uh, yeah. item number twenty-four, the twig on the side, is genius.
1: Oh, that's my favorite part as yeah. well. Wow that's great
0: but it needs to have hmm, uh substance is the wrong word and that, that's why it gets weird is because it's software it's not a physical oh, but, but stick. source
1: code <laughs> but sor- source code is substance a source code is something that somebody has to make and ship and make sure it works sure it's, it 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 takes a lot of maintenance it takes a lot it takes a lot of work to make it good now who decides if the code is is gibberish or if it's uh if it's legit
0: that's that's tough because
1: uh and who who pays for this these ombudsmen yeah. to, uh, to see this once a,
0: once upon a time you know uh when ben franklin was sending his trebuchet models to the patent office to albert einstein yeah uh
1: Frank, franklin's trebuchet was put in front sure, of einstein sure he, he
0: could like... hit the button and see how how mm-hmm. far it flung the marshmallow <laughs> or if it flung the marshmallow at all but yeah. um software is infinitely copyable and almost infinitely malleable i myself could just flood the patent office with gibberish from my own computer in my spare time you know how sure. are they going to know what to screen out how are they going to know what to evaluate
1: and then there's the other thing what if you what if you do come up with a great idea and write a code to do it like i i don't know that we want to put this out in the air but i think um I don't know who exactly it was, but it was a it was a creative endeavor that happened at the Good Times Inn last weekend. Let's just say that it was a $10 million idea that was floated, but we don't have any code yet. So let's say you had a great idea and you wrote the code to make it happen. Who's to say that some other guy can't write different code that does the same thing, right? I mean, that, there are infinite iterations, not iterations, but infin- infinite variations or permutations that would make the machine do the same thing, maybe not in the exact same way,
0: right? Ideas are free. Hmm. The work to implement them is work.
1: But what if you were in that position? What if you had done the the work and written the code on your $10 million idea and then somebody else got wind of it, possibly from your patent a- application, like I decide that I want to make a different version of this stick that I'm looking at right here, and I decide, you know what, instead of item 24 being at um, at about a 70-degree angle to item 18 – I'm gonna I'm gonna reduce that to about a ten degree angle. Okay,
0: that's all. That's almost exactly the point. Don't patent it. Ship it. Yeah. Do it better. Do it first.
1: That's what Apple did. Yeah.
0: Sure. Well, they they also patent a lot of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, there there there's also lots of people. There's lots of software engineers out there uh, who who are completely fed up with the patent system and have no clue what it is and uh their name might even be on multiple patents and they don't want any part of it it was just some lawyer at some company they happen to work for who made them patent stuff you know it's it's not sure it's not good
1: yeah well i used to know a guy who had his name on a couple of uh agrochemical patents and um he was not a chemist hmm. <laughs> um he was a you know he was he was basically a a, a marketing guy but I guess he had some ideas. Here we go back to that, and um, worked with the chemist to make them a reality. And his name was on the patents. Well,
0: at least, at least it's a chemical implementation of something. Yeah, something was shipped. At least it's better than rounded corners. That's a, that's all I can say.
1: Yeah, how are the corners on your uh, your latest smartphone? Mine are excellent.
0: Uh, oddly enough, I, I just got an update uh, for my. My smartphone today. I don't know your information I, phone. Oh no! Wait, no, you're, you have an I'm, phone, on the, okay. I'm on the robot side now. I don't. I don't okay. even know what this update did. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: Oh, did you get the big update? I don't That's know. It's supposed to be a big update. I
0: don't know. They don't tell you. That's what drives me crazy. Well, they
1: tell you if you read the. You can read the the fine print. I could. It's there. I,
0: ta- I tapped on stuff. There was no fine print. It was just like <laughs> we're up, we're updating your phone. I think you maybe
1: got the big update that pushed down all of the. All of the wonky, finicky, not very useful uh software stuff that I haven't I had in my phone that wasn't available in the S three, hmm. pretty sure that all just got pushed down to the S <laughs> three. So now you have like the eye tracking and stuff. Yeah,
0: I got a new version of Android. Yeah. And a very silly headphone connection screen that only displays things that I don't wanna know about. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know about that, but uh, to be honest, I'm not sure I've ever had headphones connected to my phone yet, So, <laughs> because I used to have an information pod for that sort of thing. but Because uh, you don't listen to podcasts like a normal,
0: uh, like a normal geek. I almost said normal human being, but I really mean normal geek. Yeah. Normal I'll podcast on, geek.
1: I listen to them on my information pod. Isn't that normal?
0: I don't know. I used, to, I used to think it was. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain podcasts anymore to anybody.
1: Well, I know there's a better way. First of all, I don't know how you have the, I don't know how you find the time for the. If you're, if you're being honest about what you're listening to, I mean, I don't feel like I'm crazy busy, and I don't have the time. Do you doubt I me? Only get to... Are you doubting me? <laughs> no, of course. I, I <laughs> take your word for it. <laughs> but
0: uh, I'm not threatening you or anything. No, but, don't threaten uh, me. Are you threatening me? Not where now, where podcasts are concerned, you can't threaten me on the podcast. Well, I. It's funny. You have bona fides. I read uh, a very cool article uh, at some point about how blind people can process auditory information at much higher speed than sighted people. Because even if uh, there was some nerve damage or something that, that made their eyes not useful, that part of the brain got switched over to help processing auditory input.
1: And sure, so we, the brain can repurpose stuff. Sure, it's still plastic enough. Plasticity. even later in life, it's still plastic enough to to do that. Absolutely, which is amazing.
0: After uh, a couple of years of listening to podcasts at uh, higher than normal speed,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm starting to cross into that territory. Interesting. So I can really, I can really blast through some podcasts. Um, and sometimes it seems silly because it's just like. This audio; these people's voices are going by so quickly. I can't retain any of this stuff. But then sometimes I catch myself and think, "Wow, I, I really learned that from a podcast at two and a half speed. Like that's that's where that came from."
1: Oh man, oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I I I go one and a half speed. Uh, it used to be called two. Uh, used to be called double speed on the on the uh, information pod native podcast app. But they redesigned it when they they switched over all that design language.
0: All very relative.
1: Yeah, because it wasn't. It was never honestly two times. I think that now they call it one and a half, and I think that that seems more accurate just looking at by looking at how the counter passes time. But two and a half times, wow! I know when I go up from the honest one and a half to the honest two times, that takes full attention. Like like I said, it's it's taken practice. It's probably taken two years. Well, but do you give it, do you like, do you sit there and give it full attention? Sometimes. Um, because I, I almost, almost never listen to podcasts that way. It's almost always while I'm driving or running or.
0: Yeah, this is know. a whole, this is a different, this is a different show. You can't get me talking about patents and, <laughs> podcasts <laughs> and then podcasts in the same yeah. episode, man. This is too much.
1: Well, you know, I still have this card over here. Um, it says Meta Podcast and then it says Ignore This Card? Question mark. Um, Ignore the, This the card. card. Yeah. The, um, our reasons, our experience and, and, and the medium. I think that might be a different show, but it's out there. The card exists.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, we definitely need to circle back to it, but sometimes, yes, it's, it's a subject, Yeah, you know, it could be a subject like patents, but, uh, yeah. that I have, I have to stop whatever I'm doing. Well, and not if I'm driving, but sometimes I'll be listening and I'll, I'll stop what I'm doing and, and, and pay attention. Sometimes yeah. I just kind of let it wash over me. Like, yeah. uh, like I imagine
1: you read Twitter. I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't want to talk about Twitter really. Um, how do we? How do we do on our show notes? You know what we haven't. What we haven't mentioned is the I'm, actual. I'm one still of looking the, at the.
0: I'm still looking at, at the diagrams. I haven't gone back well, to the just, show notes.
1: I just clicked away from the stick to the one that was my favorite, but I don't think we should actually describe that.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I think we should just deploy it as. Right. Well, let's, As the art.
0: I want to describe the other. The other couple. Um the the first one that that really grabbed me when it, when I re- when I hit upon this idea of of patent diagrams there was a diagram of the iPod click wheel um and mm-hmm. and some people might remember when uh the iPod didn't have mm, the little touch surface that you could rub your finger over it had a physical spinny physical rotating, piece of plastic yeah. on there mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is a diagram, uh, of, of what that was about and, uh, and how they patented it or at least tried to patent it. Um, I'm not even sure if it was granted, but, uh, it's also a very good example of the very strange looking hands that are also, uh, usually included in patent diagrams when it's something that needs to be placed in someone's hand. So it's just like, I
1: don't. Yeah, I guess it's a little weird. This
0: isn't as weird as as some of them get. Some of them get like weird and spidery, like some of the game controller diagrams I've seen. It's like these monkey fingers. They're 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 long and skinny that that no one actually has. Um, but anyway, so that, that got me started. That is a
1: good choice. That is a good choice for for the for the the reason that for the medium. The, the i the medium exactly. That you know, and at least we're trying. So yeah,
0: all right. So yeah. So that was. That was what got it started, and then I ran across the the one that we that we kept mentioning today, which is
1: the stick is amazing it's a stick
0: <laughs> it is the most detailed diagram of a stick I think I've ever seen
1: what What can we tell our listeners to Google if they want to find that um because i I think some of them might want to see that
0: there's actually a i't don't, I don't even know how to get into this rabbit hole, but there's a google patents there's
1: a google patents there's a
0: rabbit hole in google google ha- has a Specific thing on patents. They have a specific area for patents. You know, just go to Google.com and do. Go,
1: just go to Google.com and type in "dog toy stick patent." Yeah, and it's the first. It's the first. Yeah, uh,
0: it's a. St- <laughs> it's exactly right. It's a right. stick. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a stick. It's awesome. It's really funny. The, <laughs> yeah, that and that that let me know that I was really on the right track, um, because yeah. not only is this stuff public domain. And, and we could use it for show art, but sometimes it's also incredibly silly and just I don't know, entertaining and weird and thought provoking. Yeah, I also sure. found a diagram for a uh, a hiccup cure. Uh it's this really
1: weird This is the one that makes me mad. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't realize it would it would hit your hot <laughs> button, which is the pseudoscience angle. But yeah. it's just it's just uh Very um, non-human face. Uh, You you can see most of the face and most the eyes and the nose, but over his mouth uh, there's this weird cup, and the cup has a stem on it that comes up along your temple to Uh, to
1: deliver an electrical potential.
0: Yes, to to your temple. To your temple. And uh,
1: meanwhile, you're drinking a fluid from the cup, which is also electrified, so that it completes a circuit between your temple. Ideally, and your lips. But you know, they they make a big deal out of this this um, conductive fluid, which they say is going to be water. But you know, water is a pretty poor conductor unless it's got salt in it.
0: Well, uh, it is polar. I mean, it
1: conducts. Well, I mean, deionized water doesn't conduct sh Well, okay. Well, but I mean, even t- even tap water. Tap water conducts, but the- but very poorly unless the potential is quite high. But, is what I'm saying. But
0: how much of a shock do you need to get rid of the hiccups, Matt?
1: Well, none. It makes no difference. That's my whole point. <laughs> that, well, no, that's not my whole point. That's a separate point. That this is all nonsense. Okay. And there's no, there's no evidence. There's no reason to believe that this would
0: work. Uh, of course not. But hey, it is a physical implementation of something that somebody patented. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah. So there's that. It's the the picture is very creepy.
1: Oh, it is. Yeah. I can't argue that.
0: There's potentially even a even a better one that that I'm not even going to describe. That Matt doesn't want me to describe. No, we
1: can't describe it.
0: So. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully I hit on a good idea here. I think I think I did well.
1: I think you did a great job, Jody. And this time you did more than just try. I shipped. I, I think you've achieved. Excellent. You're an achiever. Well, we haven't shipped yet until we found a way to actually make the show art show up when people download our thing. And I have heard complaints from several people that they they uh, haven't figured out how to download.
0: Something. Yeah, uh, I do. I do know of some complaints from some information phone users that have. Have been having trouble. Yes,
1: it's the information phone users.
0: Yeah, this is probably my area. Uh, I'm and I, I am sorry to those listeners that I haven't sorted this out better yet. But hey,
1: at least at least you're trying to address the inconvenience. But uh, it is streamable, and as long as you have a good, uh, you know, you're not short on data on your plan or have a Wi-Fi connection, it works just fine. Even on my uh, information pod, which I was doing earlier. Just to remind myself what the last episode was yes. about. It's yes. been so long and
0: But that's not a permanent solution.
1: No. 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 We, we can do better, Judge. We're trying. We we are trying, but we can we can continue to try and achieve.
0: Alright. We've been going a while. Yeah.
1: I think it's time to wrap this up. Yeah,
0: let's wrap it up. This is a good show. I knew it would be a good show.
1: I, I liked your optimism at the outside uh, outset and I, I think um I think it was borne out. Definitely. This was a good show. I, this is our first daylight recording.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Although it was probably dark and stormy at your house, it's still nice here. It never rained. Well, yeah. What can you do? (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna ride my bike.
0: We got through. We got through our notes. I think we did really well. Good show, Matt. Yeah. Good show,
1: Jody. All right, man. It was a pleasure, as always.